I think um, elevation is that common thread that we're all familiar with, learning some more components about it, but we're familiar with it. And so that is our um, one place to shop and it gives us that instant information we need. Um, and I think it's, um, it's a connector um, with uh, our teachers, but also with our students, even though we can't be with our students, we can see how they're progressing um, electronically and then we can take that and we can share it with a myriad of um, audiences. Hey everybody, welcome back to Highest Aspirations, an education podcast that focuses on topics related to English language learners and how we can make a greater impact. Highest Aspirations is brought to you by Elevation Education, your partner for ELL program management and instruction. I'm your host, Steve Sophronis. How does increasing efficiency through the use of technology allow for more collaboration between EL specialists and content teachers? What are some best practices for involving students in goal setting and tracking? And how might we implement processes to make it happen? How can educators continue meeting with students, families, and other stakeholders to document progress in a remote setting? We discuss these questions and much more in our conversation with Carolyn Grentz. Carolyn currently serves as the Title III Teacher on Special Assignment for the Hillsborough School District in Oregon. You can learn more about Carolyn's experience in our show notes where we provided a full bio. Carolyn Grenz, thank you so much for joining us on Highest Aspirations. Steve, thank you so much for allowing me to share a little bit about the Hillsborough School District. Really happy to have you. It's been uh, it's been a long time coming. We've been talking about doing this for a while. I understand you had a little time to unplug this summer, which I'm really, really happy about, and hopefully uh, others did as well. And now you're gearing up to uh, go back to school, as many folks are. There's a fair amount of uncertainty. So before we get into kind of the the, uh, the 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 nitty gritty of this podcast episode, I'd love to know a little bit about what your plan is for going back to school. Do you have a plan yet or what's going on? Uh, we do, yes. As of last week, that was an announced. So we sent surveys to staff and families as well, um, seeing what they preferred. And so as a result, we are going to 100% comprehensive distance learning, um, at least through the first part of November at this point. And after that, we'll just kind of see what happens. You know, that seems to be happening more and more frequently. I, I was under the impression that people would sort of embrace this hybrid idea, but I think, and I'd love to hear your take on this, I think it's just a little too complicated for teachers who have to prepare for a variety of scenarios. So there seem to be a lot of districts going 100% remote and then kind of figuring out what they're going to do from there. Was that kind of a consideration of yours as well? Oh, definitely. So we are providing instead of a one week of in-service for teachers, two weeks, and then the second week of in-service will also be engaging with each of our families to ensure that they have all of the uh, resources and materials and skills they need to do the 100% distance learning from the get-go. Amazing. Yeah, that, that family component is key and having two weeks, I think, is going to go um, a long way. So let's start. I want to learn. Well, I know a little bit about your district, but I want the listeners to learn a little bit more about um, your district. You have, I think, around 3,500 active English learners, about half of whom, uh, according to my last sort of piece of data, um, are long-term English learners. Um, and recently, you decided to kind of hone in on that LTEL population. Is that am I on the right track there? Uh, yes. So I just recently looked at the numbers, and um, we're more like a thousand LTELs. So maybe. Um, a third of our active VLs or LTELs. And so, of course, that, that includes grades um, five through 12 that we are focusing on for that. 
right? Numbers constantly changing. And, and a big part um, of addressing that LTEL population, something you, you seem to be doing pretty well, has been involving um, those classroom teachers, which I've had a lot of conversations about that on this podcast and in other sort of areas as well. That, that's, that's pretty challenging. So I'll ask you kind of a large question, and then we'll, um, we'll get into more details. But how have you gone about doing that um, in Hillsborough, sort of engaging with those, uh, those content teachers or classroom teachers? Right, so Elevation is relatively new for the Hillsborough School District, and so we are currently approaching our third year using the tool. And on when we started, we asked teachers to kind of get used to it, um, going through kind of a soft rollout. And um, we asked our EL teachers to really dive in first. And they act as coaches for our classroom teachers as well as their principal um, to introduce the tool as well as all of the wonderful resources um, that it has to offer and make the workday more more efficient. Um, It helps our teachers to be more accountable. And I think Elevation has also increased the uh, collaboration times that our teachers are interacting with um, our EL specialists and vice versa. Um, what we're trying to do now is to also engage our principals um, as Elevation can, of course, give that um, up-to-date data that we need as we are really zeroing in on specific subpopulations or subgroups of our total LTEL population. Yeah, so a lot about what you're discussing now is just increasing um, efficiency uh, by using a tool that's going to allow you to kind of get the data that you need a little bit more quickly. In this case, it's elevations tools. Um, but you kind of alluded to you're sort of making the workday go a little easier. H- how is that increase in, in efficiency helping um, your teachers collaborate with the EL teachers or specialists collaborate more with content teachers and, and principals, and perhaps even being able to spend more time on the things that really matter uh, for the students that they're, that they're working with? Yeah, so it's not just the data piece and generating uh, lists for our subgroups. It's also having the flexibility to create specific reports so that teachers can frequently monitor and check in with our EL specialists about the different um, subgroups and how students are progressing or maybe not progressing um, in the four domains, reading, writing, speaking, and listening. Um, We also use it to um, monitor our exited students for four years from date of exit. That's another report that we have customized to meet our needs. We have customized that so that we're not only looking at um, tracking students' language progress, but also their academic progress within the mainstream classroom. So that if a student does need language support, um, the EL specialist can collaborate with the classroom teacher to ensure that specific, um, a specific plan is designed for that specific student to be successful. And then of course, to frequently check in, monitor and adjust, go through that whole cycle. The, another component of using the tool is that we're able to uh, track our LTELs progress specifically by language goals. And so we are in our second year of um, that initiative. And again, it's been a slow start, but just 
by using elevation, our teachers are collaborating more about the language needs of, of all of our ELs and even those that have exited. Yeah, it's amazing how when you, no matter what the topic is, when you transition from like a manila folder or files and files and files in a computer to something that you can visualize a lot easier and you can pull it pretty quickly, it's amazing how quickly things change and people uh, get on board, even if they're, they may be sort of uh, averse to using technology. It, it, it's, a, it's a muscle memory change. It's something that takes time and it's change management, but I think that's a great way um, of sort of proving uh, when something works. You're talking... Um, a lot about sort of the idea of teachers collaborating as a result of efficiency. You're talking a lot about the tool, but it's really quite clear that you all have done a good job sort of figuring out what your needs are so that you can customize whatever you can customize to your specific needs. And one interesting thing that you've done that I really want to, I'm curious to talk more about is I know you're involving your students themselves sort of more intimately in this process. Um, and I think that's incredibly powerful and important uh, for both you and for them in terms of self-advocacy skills and lots of others. Um, and I, I think you are piloting something like that this summer. We're sort of near the end of the summer now. So I'm curious how that went. Could you tell us more about uh, about involving those students in, in their own education? Um, yeah, so because of the change of our educational platform this summer, we actually weren't able to carry out our LTEL um, goal setting during summer school, but what we did this past year and will continue, of course, we've made some modifications. Uh, Our classroom teachers in collaboration with our um, EL specialists are meeting with our long-term English learners one-on-one, having frequent check-ins and helping them to choose an appropriate language goal by a domain based upon their most recent summative language assessment, which we use the ELPA 21. Um, and then those goals are, are tracked within the elevation platform. Uh, we have, we use the ELPA 21 goal bank, but in, in addition to that, our students create their own, their own goals or I can statements uh, based upon student friendly language, of course, with the help of the, the teachers, EL specialist. Um, and then we have uh, created our, our goals so that um, the teachers can choose the correct goal within elevation and then that is um, tracked and we can track students' progress within elevation so that we know how frequently we are checking in with students as well as classroom teachers And then for the student accountability piece, they keep their own language trackers and we are promoting them to initiate their own check-ins with their teachers so that they are aware of their own progress and then eventually to uh, hopefully self-advocate for themselves and to know, um, to gain skills and the confidence to determine, you know, maybe which avenue they may have thought they could go down first to help them meet their goal, but maybe know they need to backtrack or choose a different way to meet that goal. So that's our big initiative for this coming year. Um, our EL specialists and teachers will have lots of support on this and training, of course. Um, we have created a form within Elevation for both EL specialists and teachers to complete so that they are up to date on you know, what is happening with each individual student. Um, And then 
at the end of the year, we will um, reevaluate and probably continue with that progress. But the meeting center component is um, the new feature that we will be using, and we have some training to do on that, but we're really excited. Um, another idea we have with using the meeting center is actually um, using that while checking in with students. So it's going to be a one, a, a one, a go-to all kind of a, a process for us this year. Um, we're also using it with students who are also participating in the AVID or AVID Excel program. Mm -hmm. So those goals then are combined with the AVID goals. LTEL goals are combined with the AVID goals. Um, so we're trying to capture all of that within um, elevation so that it's really um, pertinent to each student's um, educational plan. Yeah, so that's amazing. So uh, just to recap, because there's some really great stuff happening. Elevation is just streamlining this stuff. But you, again, this is a process that you have. This is something that you've decided to do to get your students more involved. What a great way to build intrinsic motivation, have them be a part of their own education, have them have some say into what they want to improve on. Um, uh, and also have them, like you said, improve those self-advocacy skills and accountability as well, because as the year goes along, they're going to be tracking those goals and Elevation provides you the platform to be able to do that. Um, and so I think that's something that for people to think about where I would get tripped up on that is, uh, you know, as a Spanish teacher, when I would have my students create portfolios and track their goals was to have a place where I could actually like go and log all the information instead of using you know, five different tools to do it. So it seems like you found kind of the sweet spot in the meeting center, which for those who aren't familiar with Elevation is a tool that allows you to kind of capture information for a wide variety of meetings. And you've kind of, I'm not going to say you've hacked it, but you've definitely given it its own kind of purpose for your needs, which I've seen a lot of districts do when I was training for Elevation. Um, and that's kind of the, the, uh, the, the customizable nature um, of that particular part of the um, of the platform. So follow-up question there, because I assume, well, I'll ask you before I go any further, you were planning on doing all of this before COVID happened, right? Having students track their goals and everything? Yes, definitely. So my question is maybe predictably, how is like an online setting going to affect you being able to do this? Do you think that there are, certainly there are challenges, but do you think that there are affordances that the online learning will allow you to have in regards to having students track those goals? Yes, I think that um, online learning is going to um, encourage uh, teachers to really use um, elevation so that everybody is on the same page. Um, it'll keep everyone more accountable. And I and two, I think it's going to help our teachers to um, target those individual uh, language components that students need in order to progress um, and, you know, not kind of let those slide like we can. Um, we're all going to be accountable for each other. And so we're going to have to meet specific uh, deadlines and make sure that those deadlines are complete. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, I, I like want to put it on my calendar to follow up with you in a few months because I think there's going to be a, lot, a tremendous amount of learning here, uh, particularly involving students in creating those goals. But let's shift gears a little bit. So you, you've talked about the meeting center. Um, and I know, you know, a lot of the meetings that you're doing and others are doing involve the students, they involve the teachers, um, and they involve the families. Um, how have you gone about, or have you been conducting these meetings? Were you conducting these meetings in the spring? 
um, online or remotely? Uh, if so, how? And then I'm curious if if you think the new kind of forced workflows in terms of a virtual environment for those meetings might change the way that you and others do things in the future in terms of having these meetings with, with uh, like I said, with teachers and families and the students themselves. Yeah, so we haven't yet shared the LTEL process directly with um, families, but um, this spring our teachers were able to meet using um, with their students using Google Hangout. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, they could bring up the the elevation meeting notes, et cetera, to chart students' uh, progress or any adjustments that needed to be made. Um, as far as family goes, yes, that's another component that uh, we really need to look into. And I can see that working out nicely this fall. Once families are more attuned to how to use technology, they feel more comfortable about it, um, it would be a great communication tool for our families and students to sit down together with their um, EL specialist and or teacher and just to have um, that open, honest conversation and and ultimately to have the student drive the conversation because they're at the center here and that's really, you know, that's what this is all about. Um, And that's just another step to help the students become more accountable and prepared for a meeting, that would be another skill for them to learn. And then I think about the level of their confidence. Students need, or English learners need confidence to practice their language in a variety of settings. And this would be a great way as um, many more jobs are using technology and um, that confidence then would um, reflect to the outside world where they can initiate those conversations on their own without their, you know, peers or family around them. Yeah. I'm really glad you brought that up. Having the students drive the conversation isn't just, you know, allowing them to, to, to think about their sort of goals in one particular class or content area or domain, but it's also, as you mentioned, allowing them to really take part in kind of a typical meeting that folks are having now, whether it's online or in person and them driving the conversation, increasing those, uh, self-confidence skills. I mean, the idea of um, of becoming, you know, proficient in being a part of a meeting or running a meeting or being the center of a meeting is so important. And I, I have to think that I mentioned affordances earlier. I have to think that the, the flexibility in in some ways involved in online learning may allow for a little bit more of that for students. I hope at least. Oh, for sure. Um, we're a big advocate for that. We want to give our students as many skills and opportunities as possible to help them shine and grow and, you know, be uh, citizens, productive citizens um, of our society. Yeah. Let's shift gears a little. I, you know, we've talked a lot about using um, Elevation as sort of one tool that that seems to have gone pretty well, um, I think largely because of the way that it fits into what you're trying to do and your ability to customize it and your ability to make a plan before actually using the tool. I think a lot of the mistakes, this as a former teacher and tech integrator as well, that, that, uh, that teachers make or that administrators make is they say, hey, we have this shiny new tool, let's use it, but you have to have a plan in place. Um, and you clearly have that. So I wanna like zoom out a little bit and, and talk a little bit about what's, what's been the kind of um, past, present, and future of, of tech integration um, in, your, in your district. And I suppose, you know, we, we could label them as sort of pre-COVID and, and, uh, and during and post, but um, how have you gone about sort of getting buy-in uh, for the tools that you're using, whether it be Elevation or, or Zoom or Google Hangouts or whatever? 
So speaking from from an e English learner teacher lens, um, I this spring a colleague and I provided lots of tools, and we would um, provide examples and some training during our staff meetings, and um, then we would allow um, teachers to explore those on their own, and then we would offer support to individuals, um, and at the same time we facilitators were learning learning too. So I think it's being understanding of where people are coming from and allowing time to time for people to explore and kind of um, if they want to use one tool at a time, that's great. And once they're ready to integrate other tools within their their teaching, they can do that too. So um, I think it's just um, more about trial and error and, and understanding where people are coming from. There, there's lots of fear out there. There, there will be lots of fear still with um, fall coming along. Yeah, I think I think we're getting, you know, one thing that we're realizing is that you can't drink from a fire hose here. You can't, <laughs> I think I think one of the big mistakes that districts made, and, 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 and a lot of folks admitted that I chatted with in March and April admitted, they said, look, we sent, we sent a list of resources to our teachers or to our parents or to our students. And they just said, I can't, process all of this. So what you said really resonated with me about like choosing one at a time, thinking about what you're trying to do, trial and error. I like what you said also about you presented the two, showed folks the tools and then gave them some time to play with it. I was just in an online conversation with people who are concerned about starting, the, rightly so, starting the school year, um, you know, uh, remotely using Zoom. And they said, you know, I just, I just don't feel like I'm a master of it yet. And somebody else in the forum said, just, just, play with it with your friends and family, like tinker with it. It doesn't have to be an educational, you know, context, just get to know how it works and you'll discover all these little things. You know, we're so concerned with doing things perfectly and not showing any kind of vulnerability as teachers and as sage on the stage. But this is really showing us, I think that look like we have to kind of um, be, you know, have, have grace with others and with ourselves as well. Right. And it's really about taking a risk. Um, if we don't try things, we won't, uh, get better, and then we'll, we won't be able to show each other what we have learned. So also during our meetings with our EL specialists, we had others that were more tech savvy, or they had some time to look into other technology tools. And so they were um, showing us as well as, as administrators, these other great tools that they were integrating. And so word kind of spread that way as well. Sure. Yeah. Using the read, like, what's that person doing in their room? I want to try that. And yeah, that's how it always, that's how it always catches on. Um, but that's great. And then, yeah, taking risks. Um, do you see, do you see distance learning as something that has helped your teachers kind of become more efficient in using uh, both elevation and tech in general? Uh, and when I say efficient, I mean like using it in a way that's supporting what your goals are as a district or as a department. Yes, definitely. Um, our LTEL goals in particular and our LTEL uh, tracking of goals and, of course, a student list, well, actually all of it is uh, made our work more efficient just because we are, you know, teaching from a distance and school has a different look and feel. Um, it sounds differently and we're working in isolation. So I think um, elevation is that common thread that we're all familiar with, learning some more components about it, but we're familiar with it. And so that is our um, one place to shop and it gives us that instant information we need. 
Um, and I think it's, um, it's a connector um, with uh, our teachers, but also with our students. Even though we can't be with our students, we can see how they're progressing um, electronically. And then we can take that and we can share it with a myriad of um, audiences. Yeah, I look at it as a great way to kind of start a day or a week or a semester, whatever the case may be, is to just just glance at everything, see where you are in terms of the data. And that data tells a story, but then obviously you have to get to know the students and figure out where they really are. But at least you come kind of armed with uh, with some information that comes at you in a, in a, in a digestible way. How do you see... Um, professional development fitting into this whole equation of, of going back to school and working with your English learners and your, and your LTELs. And I know you mentioned the two weeks that you have at the beginning of the school year, which I think is a great start, probably better than most. What about sustaining that um, over time? Um, so yeah, during the first two weeks, all professional development will be done uh, virtually. Uh, we do a lot of that in-house and um, with Elevation, we will be providing some additional um, trainings and review sessions I call grab and goes and um, useful tips. And we'll do that via Google Hangouts. Um, we can do that in a large, uh, large capacity format of, you know, 60, 70 people, but also in smaller groups of 20. And then we will off offer support to individuals who need that individual attention as well. Um, Elevation also has um, these great demos. Um, I frequent the demos um, quite quite a bit, as I do forget, and um, I refer our teachers to do that. Um, and the Resource Academy is great for those who are are um, they want to read the instructions. But Elevation offers ample opportunity to review how to access different components in different modes. And I really like that feature. Um, so going forward throughout the school year, uh, the uh, elevation trainings that we provide in-house, um, they will occur virtually. And if we evidently um, eventually go to a hybrid model, um, students and teachers time will be limited um, in person at school. So I predict that we'll continue the virtual collaboration and trainings um, and we have trainings about, I don't know, two or three times a month um, for staff to stay up to date with um, elevation. It's great. And you, I mean, you cut down on so much by having those virtual trainings, traveling to whatever the site it is, you know, in some cases paying stuff. There, there's a lot of different, different ways that, that I think this whole virtual uh, training will help folks. And I've, I've talked to a lot of different people about that. But um, that's great that there's a plan in place for a sustained PD. And I know, you know, like anything else with elevation, you can kind of, you have your kind of three or four tricks that you do and you get used to them and you use them. And then, and then you, somebody says, Hey, did you know you can do this? And you're like, well, I had no idea I could do that. And you've been doing the same thing that takes two hours instead of five minutes for, for a year. So you're constantly discovering things and being able to, you know, elevation provides all that information, but it takes a nudge from someone like you or someone on your team to say, Hey, let's, let's see what others are doing. I think that's such an important component that you all seem to be doing really well. Yes, and I think in addition to that, it provides more time for teachers to think about their lesson plans for their students um, and um, time to collaborate with teachers and less time uh, traveling and, um, you know, actually going into the, the school itself. Right. 
I wonder if there's going to be any efficacy studies or anything like that done about like the shift to virtual PD and, and you know, the losses and gains. I just, it's just really, really fascinating to me as someone who was a teacher for so long and, and was involved in giving PD and training for elevation as well, both on site and in person. Um, and so it's just, it's, it's really interesting time. Um, well, how can people learn more about the work that you're doing um, at, at Hillsborough, Carolyn? Oh, so um, they can reach me at the Hillsboro School District in Oregon, and I have an email address and phone number. I am a Title III TOSA, so I work a lot with the uh, compliance piece, but also with uh, systems within our district, and my email is my last name, G-R-E-N-Z-C, as in Carolyn, at hsd.k12. Dot or dot us. Great. And we'll be sure to link all that information in the show notes so people can reach out to you. It's always good to connect with folks who, um, who are using something that you're either using and maybe could be using better or considering using, um, or in this case, really just about what it looks like to go back to school uh, in a virtual environment. So we definitely want to be, uh, be able to set up communities and places for people to, uh, to chat with one another. And, um, and with that, Carolyn, it's been really a pleasure chatting with you. Um, I wish you all the best of luck going back uh, to school. It seems like you have things pretty well dialed in, but I'm sure there'll be, there'll be challenges and triumphs along the way. But, uh, but I really appreciate the work you're doing, and I appreciate you taking the time to chat with us. Thank you so much. I've enjoyed my time with you. Thanks for listening to Highest Aspirations. If you liked our show, please be sure to join the ELL community at elevationeducation.com slash ELL community, where you'll find all the episodes of Highest Aspirations and other resources to help educators maximize the impact on their English language learners. Also, let us know how we're doing by writing a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts.